Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. humble heart to receive your word with meekness in Jesus name we have prayed amen Amen. we're gonna uh, try to go fast Uh, we're concluding our message series that we started uh, it's been four weeks now so this is the fifth message in the series balancing uh, beware balance Uh, we've been talking about balance so today we're gonna wrap up by looking at balancing the word judging and correcting Uh, i think this is probably one of the most controversial subjects in the body of christ among christians Uh, i'm sure many of us have heard the word don't judge me either you've said it before right or maybe you've heard it somebody said don't judge me or somebody using the word who are you to judge all right or another version is you are not god right don't judge me only god can judge Uh, i mean those statements get thrown around a lot and everybody kind of try to navigate to figure out you know how does this apply to me you know when do i cross the line Uh, when am i judging or when am i simply doing my obligation as a believer to maybe help another believer or correct them or to bring something that i perceive is wrong into order so everybody tend to really, this is a, this is a statement that shuts everyone down. Uh, many people, you know, correctly say, you know, use it to say, you know, don't be judgmental. But many people also hide behind this uh, to really, really do things they are not supposed to do. So we're going to actually talk, I mean, take a look at what does the Bible really say about this word? And most of the, I mean, the the basic scripture, the passage, is where we read Matthew chapter 7. It's really, you know, where everybody goes. uh, And it's interesting, even people who don't believe in any other part of the scripture, they actually believe this. All right? I've seen people, they don't believe any other thing that Jesus said, but they believe Jesus said, judge not. All right? And they are willing to take that card out anytime to say, The Bible says, judge not. Sometimes I want to tell them other things that the Bible said that they actually don't agree and don't even believe in, you know. But that's not the point. We're going to really look at what is Jesus saying, or what is the Bible saying when it's talking about the the issue of judge or judging. Matthew 7, I'm going to go back and read it again. Jesus said, do not judge or you will be judged. All right. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And in, with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And it looks like at first he's trying to say, don't do it. Right? Then at, you know, the second statement is trying to say, but do it better. If you are going to do it at all, do it well. Knowing that the way you do it is the way it will be done to you. And the measure you dish it out is the measure is going to be dished out 
to you. And verse 3 kind of gave another perspective to say, why do you look at the speck or sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Then he moved to the next statement to say, you know, if you're going to judge, you also have to judge yourself first. Uh, or don't be an hypocritical judge. You know, don't be someone that judges others more harshly than you judge yourself. Uh, don't judge others when you excuse yourself, which is what a lot of us unfortunately do. We are harder on other people than we are on ourselves. On ourselves, we think we understand, we think we know. If I'm misbehaving, I want people to understand that I didn't mean it that way. I want people to understand that, you know, I actually have some issues. I was raised a certain way that made me to do things. You want people to really know that your intentions are right, even though your actions might be questionable. Uh, but unfortunately, when we apply it to others, we judge them simply based on their actions. We don't look at their intention. We don't look, like, uh, look at other things that might be at place uh, that we don't even know. So Jesus is saying, don't be hypocritical when you are judging others. And he said, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? How? It's not possible. In fact, the fact that you, are, you, know, you also have a lot of issues, maybe more issues than the other person, you know, disqualifies you from being someone that judges. And he said, number, uh, verse 5, you hypocrites, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, I'm going to try to say, what does he mean to judge? You know, what does he mean to judge? He said, the word translated judge is actually a, uh, a Greek word called krino. Krino, K-R-I-N-O. And it simply it means to, it's a, it's a very complex word. Uh, it has two sides to it. One side is to distinguish. You know, it means to distinguish. It means to be of opinion, to deem, to, to consider something in your mind, to think and to determine. So in a sense, we are all to judge things, right? If, if you don't have a good sense of judgment, then you will live your life anyhow. You won't be able to know what is wrong, what is right, what is appropriate. The way to do that is to judge, right? Is to distinguish, all right? You're able to distinguish this is right, this is wrong, this is what is supposed to be done, this is not what is supposed to be done. You, you are, it's to form an opinion, you know? You look at things, you look at situations, you form an opinion. That's important. So to judge means to form an opinion. But it goes beyond that also. It, when you take that opinion, it also now means in some sense to take that opinion to condemn others. Right? So it means to condemn, to punish, to avenge, to conclude, to damn, to decree. All right? Based on your opinion you know, your sense of judgment. So that's what the word, so it could be intricate when it's being used. So when the word is being used, sometimes you have to look at the context to get the emphasis. The emphasis might simply mean to be able to distinguish, to be able to judge. 
In fact, First uh, Corinthians chapter two, uh, verse fifteen says, "The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things." You know, a spiritual person, a, a, a believer. The reason why we are different is because we have good judgment, right? We are able to judge. We don't just leave it anyhow. We don't just do anything. We don't say anything. We don't. We are not careless. Because we have the Spirit of God, we are able to judge things. So judging in itself, if it is put in a proper context, it is a good thing. Praise the name of Jesus. Especially when it is about things. But generally when it is about people, uh, if we combine first aspect of the, uh, of the definition with the second, it becomes something wrong. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, so the Bible is against judging other people, all right, based on our opinion, condemning them, you know, damning them, decreeing them, consider them this based on our opinion. Praise the name of Jesus. But also, the Bible is, you know, gives us a responsibility as believers to correct one another, you know, and that's very, very important because that is a fundamental part of being a Christian, and that is also a fundamental part of belonging to a church. Otherwise, you wouldn't really need a church. You wouldn't really, you wouldn't need a community. You know, there will be no parenting. There will be no leadership if there is no room to correct one another. And I'll, I'll give you a few scriptures, you know, that, that speaks to that. The first one is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says, you must warn each other every day, right? Correct or chastise or, you know, uh, or, or implore one each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Left alone, we are all subject to deception. You know, left alone without people around us, we are all subject to being blindsided, thinking something is right when it's not right, uh, thinking something is appropriate when it's not appropriate. So we need other people to correct us. So it's important. And in fact, it is actually an obligation for us as believers to do that. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to notice that he says you must. I want you to say must. Must means it's an obligation. If you see something wrong, if you see another brother, sister doing something clearly wrong, and you do nothing about it, you actually, you are in disobedience. He does either knows how to do good and does not do it. Say sin. It is called sin of omission. All right? You fail to do what you're supposed to do. James is a very, very practical writer. He actually put it, uh, he put it this way in James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. He said, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sin, all right? So 
if somebody is wandering away from the truth that we know, I mean, they are living in such a way that this is not what the scripture says, this is not the truth of the word of God, if you take the courage, it is courageous to do that, if you take the courage to say, you know what, I am going to go to their house, I'm going to sit down with them, I'm going to try to make them see and correct them, if you succeed, you have done a very wonderful thing. In fact, most times when that is done, you stop the enemy. Praise the name of Jesus. Because when people go in the way of an error, it's, it's actually a beginning to something very, very major. Because the devil is always planning, orchestrating, trying to get people in the wrong direction. So the Bible is very clear about that, that we have an obligation as believers to correct one another. I'm going to read a third scripture, so out of two or three witnesses, a truth is established. Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15 says, Take special notes of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Oh my God, that's, that's a, wow. This is like, I'm writing an instruction to the church. He said, anyone who does not obey it, I want you to Take a pen and paper and write their name down. How many of us experienced them when you were in high school? When I was in high school, they, 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 we used to have somebody in class. He writes the name of troublemakers. <laughs> All right? Ah, they are powerful people in class. <laughs> and give them to the teacher. He said, take special note. In fact, he said, do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. So don't join them to do those wrong things. Don't pretend, don't laugh to their joke so you are nice. You know, they are cursing, they are doing things and you are laughing, pretending so that they don't feel offended. Don't, don't, don't join them to do that. Let them know that this is not right. Let them know that I am not going to join you in the gossip. As soon as the conversation turns to gossip, you know, you just pretend, you just, you are not laughing that much, you try to laugh, you try to act, you, you, you know, you are guilty, you don't want to participate, but you don't want to offend them. He said, don't do that. Let them know that, no, 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 I am not going to join you in this. This is becoming gossip. This is no longer, you know, praying for somebody or just trying to solve a problem, right? You know, gossipers always start with, Let, let's pray for them. Beware of people who say that, all right? I'm not the one to answer the prayer. How about going to your closet and pray for them, all right? Verse 15 says, yet do not regard them as an enemy. Don't join them. Don't associate with what they're doing, but don't regard them as enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer, all right? So, we cannot run away from this. This is really part of being in church. And I can tell you personally, there have been times when I got saved because somebody pulled me aside and told me things that I didn't know. I got really, I got to examine it. I got to see, you know what, I think I can change in this area. I think I can really, really, I can do better in this area. So I have been rescued, I've been helped in my life you know, by actions of so many people who were courageous enough to pull me aside to say, I don't think that is right. And that is very critical and important. 
Praise the name of Jesus. Now, so what is the, how do we now distinguish between judging and correcting? Because usually it looks like in those two instances, the two people are doing the same thing. You know, somebody, something wrong is being done, or someone is doing something wrong, or believed to be wrong, perceived to be wrong, and another person is taking an action to try to correct it. Now, one can become judging, you know, thereby disobeying what the scripture says, which Jesus warned us against, but another could be recorrecting. So I'm, I, I came up with seven things, you know, that distinguish judging and correcting. Amen. Before I go into those seven things, if you can skip a little bit, uh, uh, let's, let's read uh, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. We're going to read that passage of the scripture, and I think I'm going to go back to those distinguishes so, so you can see. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Right? So if you see someone doing something wrong, behaving inappropriately, saying something wrong, living in such a way that is not right, is not according to the scripture, you who are in the, in the, by the spirit. Don't forget, at that time, they were not in the spirit. You are just fortunate to be in the spirit at that time, right? Other time, you may be the one in the flesh, and they are in the spirit. Hallelujah. So they are the one to really, really try to restore you. you know, so he said, you will live by the Spirit. You restore that person gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Because usually it's an attitude that puts people in a situation where we are. It's an attitude of thinking we are okay, thinking we are standing, taking grace for granted. That is what leads people into error. So he said, watch yourself. You know, be self-aware. Or you may be, you also may be tempted. Verse 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each of you should test their own. I'm going to stop that. They deceive, you know, I'm going to stop that. You know, so it's actually saying, look, yeah, there's a way to do it. If you see someone who is in an error, you know, yeah, you don't have to judge them, but you must do something about it. And if you're going to do something, you should do it certain way. So we're going to go back to my seven list. Now, usually when someone is judging, you're going to see uh, seven things. Number one, judging leads to condemnation. You are condemning the person. All right? Or you're putting the person down. All right? You're, you're condemning the person. You're putting them down. All right? So it's important to know that correcting is not putting people down. Judging is condemning the person. The person walks out of that place thinking that they have no hope. They are worthless. You know, they are, you know God doesn't love them or they are just worse off than you. All right? You know, that is... You know, that's how you identify judging. So even if you're going to correct, you should always check that. What are you going to do? Are you going to condemn the person or you're going to, uh, you know, seek to, to help them? Number two, 
Judging is motivated by self-righteousness. You see, people who are judgmental are motivated by self-righteousness. Self-righteousness means they are motivated with a sense of, I am better than you. And they want you to know that. They want you to know that they can see better, they are clear, you know, they, they use the example a lot, how they do their that, they don't do that, they don't do that. When you get into self-righteousness, you are judging, all right? Judging is usually also done by an attitude of humility, uh, by attitude of uh, pride, sorry. Usually when someone is judging, there is pride. It's done by an attitude of pride, which is the same thing uh, somehow with self-righteousness. Judging is also always delivered harshly, all right? When someone is judging, you will see that the delivery is harsh, all right? Also, when someone is judging, they are unwilling to help or bear the body. Notice in Galatians, he said, he followed it up by saying, bear each other's body, all right? Unwilling to, unwilling to offer any help or bear a body that has to do with solving the problem. And people who are judging are also usually distant, all right? Unwilling to identify with the person being judged, all right? So it's important to avoid that. You're distant, you know. You, you know, Apostle Paul said, unto the weak, I became weak, you know. So when there is distance between you and the other person, you know that you have crossed the line from correcting them to judging them. All right, it's very important to establish connection, establish relationship, establish closeness. And usually, judging is done in a rush. You know, people who are very judgmental, they, in their mind, they, are, they, are, they think they are motivated by some righteous indignation, all right, just want to correct the problem that they don't take time to process very well, and they rush they rush to judgment. This day there is Facebook. They quickly go on Facebook and pour it out there, castigate another person, you know, talk bad about them, talk, you know. So, you know, that's really when you are judging. If you're doing it rightly, you're correcting, however, you will see that correcting is marked by the person is seeking to rescue or to lift up, all right? When you are correcting, you are offering the person hope. It's very important. Correcting lift up. Yes, there's something wrong. They are going in the wrong way. You point it out, but you point it out by letting them know there is a better way, all right? And they are better than that, all right? I tell my kids, you're better than that. You know, you're better. You're, that's not who you are. You're, you're far above this. That's a much more way of putting it and say, why, why, are you, why are you this? So it's important to, the, 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 the correcting, the goal of correcting is to rescue. You see that this person is, you know, uh, is being, you know, is being deceived. This person, the devil is really trying to do something on them. I want to rescue them, but I also want to give them hope. Look at the woman uh, that the Pharisees brought to Jesus. The Pharisee brought this woman to Jesus. She was caught in adultery, 
and they were going to stone her. They already condemned her. No hope, nothing. You have no second chance. We're going to just stone you, and that's what we're supposed to do. Now, Jesus did not actually believe them because he was right. She was caught in adultery, so there was no question about that. So, but Jesus say, told, the, told the woman, I do not condemn you, all right? Yeah, you did something wrong, but go and see no more. That's a way of offering hope, right? There's hope for you. I mean, yes, go. There's, you are not. It, Jesus is trying to say the fact that you committed adultery does not need to make you an adulterer. All right? The fact that you sinned, you did something, doesn't mean that is you. Praise the name of Jesus. So you can actually go and walk away from it and become a better person. Correcting is also motivated by love. It's very important. You know, correcting, correcting people must be out of a genuine love for them. Sometimes when people are correcting, when it's not motivated by love, they become judgmental. They are not motivated by, and it's good. Sometimes people are motivated by jealousy to even try and correct other people. You know, how come I, go, I don't get to dress that way? And she gets to dress that nasty. So I, 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 I go to them and try and correct them. No. How come I do this? They don't do that. I mean, sometimes if you're not careful, someone, they, our motivation is so deep. Our, the human heart is, oh, my God. If God really, really can put a microscope on our heart, oh, it is amazing. Sometimes what, you know, so it must be motivated by a genuine love for that person. It must also be done with an attitude of humility. And, and self-awareness, knowing that you are also weak. And he's saying you should consider yourself, watch yourself, because you are also subject to that. In fact, when you are correcting people, it is better to let them know that you are also weak. All right? It is better to let them know, you know, I'm also struggling in this area. I've struggled in this area before. In fact, I'm not a perfect person. I'm also walking like you're walking. I also have areas that I'm working on. God is helping us. But I just want to really help you in this area. I think you can do better here. Or this is wrong. This is what the scripture says. So the attitude must be humility with a self-awareness. The delivery must also be gentle, not harsh. He said, you will live by the Spirit. You will restore that person gently. And you are able to be gentle because you are not the one to change that person. You know, sometimes we, we think we can change people, right? So we go out there and we think, oh, by being so harsh, it's just going to jolt them to wake up and say, wow. <laughs> and the husband and wife, we, we do it to each other, right? You say it so harshly. <laughs> so they know. <laughs> Generally, when you're harsh, people push back. The person, the natural tendency is to be defensive. Uh, you know, so gentle, being gentle is very, very, very important. Number five, when you are correcting, be willing to offer help. That's why I follow it in Galatians that we read, carry each other's burden. Offer some ways to help them. Offer to pray for them. You know, okay, maybe we can pray together. Maybe I can, or maybe practical ways of helping. You know, 
if someone, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, sometimes the help can be very, very practical. You know, hungry, maybe finance, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll offer to come pick you up, I'll offer to take you, I'll offer to bear somebody. So once you are, God is leading you to correct, make sure you are willing to offer to bear somebody, you know, to help that person to get out of that mess, get out of that sin, or get out of that situation. Correcting seeks to build relationships. In fact, never correct anyone that you have never had an opportunity to really build a relationship with. All right? Never, never correct someone you've not had an opportunity to love on them. You know, so because they don't have a reference point. I mean, they know that you have loved on them. So if you have never had that opportunity, then you are not qualified to correct them. All right? Just watch. Or build that relationship first. You know, don't forget, God is in this business. So you are not God, and you are not God's second in command. All right? We are all his children. All right? You are not God's, you are not God's, you know. I think, uh, was he Adebolu that asked the, the father, he said, is pastor the brother of God? <laughs> <laughs> Just wonder. I mean, pastor must be so different. I mean, is he like God's brother or something? Where so pastor is our uncle in God, right? <laughs> so God doesn't have a brother. We are all his children. So, so just make sure you know you 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 seek to build relationship because everybody, no matter, needs to know that there is someone on their side. You know, and. Correcting is not done in a rush. It's actually done prayerfully. So before you step out to correct someone, why don't you go on your knees and pray for them first? Pray for them and ask for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hopefully those, 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 those will help you to be able to know when, which, when am I falling into correcting or when I'm falling into judging. Because sometimes there's a thin line but we must know that line. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to read two passages of the scripture. I have seven minutes. I'm hoping I can do this in seven minutes. Uh, if not, you're going to be out with me. It's pastor's appreciation month, right? So, amen. All right. Now, there are two passages that I really felt will really help us to see how this practically applies or how people have struggle with this, apply this in the early church. The first one is in Romans chapter 14. I want you to go to it. We couldn't project. I mean, so I want you to go to the scripture and make sure you project it. In Romans chapter 14, I'm going to read. It's a long passage, but I'm going to really emphasize a few verses. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. All right? One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. So he said, we must recognize that we're at a different level of faith, all right? Somebody might be doing something today, that's where their faith is, right? And, you know, maybe over time, their faith will, and they are able to do it, right? All right? So it's important. So he said, just make sure you at least give each other allowance. Accept it. At the back of your mind, know that we are always at a different level in our work with God. And that will help us to give each other grace. 
Praise the name of Jesus. Now, they said, one person's faith allows them to eat anything. This is he's talking about food here, but it was a big deal in those days. Don't forget food, eating. There were a lot of idol worshiping uh, around uh, the early Christians. There were food sacrificed to idols. I mean, should I eat this? Should I not eat this? There a lot of a lot of issues that were turning, that were difficult. At what point do I am I subscribing to the idols? You know, so it was a real issue. So I think they were still working through it in the early church. They were working through it. People are forming opinions. I mean, some people have been able to get over that. Most of them, their families were still in idol, in things they were delivered from. So there were a lot of confusion. So he's trying to say, you know what? Let's be very, very careful. Verse 3 he said, the one who eat everything must not treat with contempt. So the people, you know, so people were treating each other with contempt. They were judging each other. All right? Those who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. All right? If you have been able to overcome, you have been able to stay clean, don't judge the people who do. Right? For God has accepted them. Don't forget, God accepted all of us. We are all accepted in Christ. Verse 4, who are you to judge someone else's servants? To their own master, servants stand or fall. So ultimately, you know, some of these issues, they are not necessarily clear. They are not clear. You know, there are things that are opinions. There are things that are, you know, things where we held there, you know. So he's saying, look, don't let us make final determination. So these people are true Christians. These people are not true Christians. And sometimes we do that. Uh, don't let us go into that. So he's saying, <clears throat> who are you to judge another person's servant? To their own master, servants stand on for. And he said, look, they will stand. For the Lord is able to make them stand. I mean, the Lord at the end of the day is able to make everyone stand. Hallelujah. Personally, I've experienced it where I give up on people and somehow they start changing. I mean, I try so hard, I work on them, I'm really, really doing it, I'm, you know, I'm frustrated, I cancel them, they do the opposite, and, you know, and I say, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> and a few months later, they're changing. What happened? Maybe I was actually messing things up. Maybe God said, you know what, well, now that you are done, I can take over. You know, sometimes God does that. And I think if we're not careful, we can overplay our hands on people. Praise the name of Jesus. So he went on, one person considers one day more sacred than the other. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. And he also went into this. Those are issues they were, they were wrestling with. You know, Sabbath, no Sabbath. You know, you know, some people think something must be this, something must be this way. So those are things that are, they, were, they were struggling with. I will jump to verse 10. I will jump to verse 10. Uh, verse 8. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse 10, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? 
why do you treat them with contempt? You see, what, is, what he doesn't want is to put each other down, right? Don't treat them with contempt, for we, we all stand before God's judgment seat. Verse 13, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. So he accurately dissects this for them to say, don't use differences in opinion, differences even in theological belief to really put each other down. Praise the name of Jesus. You would think that is straightforward, and it is. But I think the people in the Corinthians, they probably heard of that. Do not judge. We're not supposed to judge. Then they misapply that. And that's why we're going to go to the second, you know, how we can. This, as great as this is, and I see many of you nodding, you love it. You think, yeah, we shouldn't judge. We should just let everyone be. You know, everyone should, you know, you are not God. You know, you are not my God. And you are willing to run out of the church and say, Pastor is done. I'm not done. <laughs> There's another side to it. Hallelujah. So in 1 Corinthians, these people now took it so far. And that's why balance is very important. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read it from verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. So these people became so tolerant of sin because they didn't want to be judgmental. It was so bad that even things that unbelievers don't do, they were doing. A, a man is sleeping with his father's wife. Somebody in church is messing around with his stepmother. And everybody was dancing around it. Who am I to judge? How did I know they say that? You're going to find out. And in verse 2, and you are so proud. And you are going around to say, oh, we are our church, we don't judge people, we are not judgmental, I mean, we are not like all those churches, you know, no, we are just so, you know, free, everybody's just come to the Lord and worship and lift up their hands. That's what we say. No, and you are so proud. Shouldn't you rather gone into money and have you put out your fellowship, the man who has been doing this? This guy should not even be around you. Look at verse 3. For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in the spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now, I've been writing about not judging. I have judged this person. I don't even need to come and examine and hear anything. This is clearly wrong. I am judging now. All right? I've already passed judgment in the name of Jesus Christ. So when you assemble and I'm with you in the spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved. On the day of the Lord. He said, you, you got to read this thing. Being non-judgmental does not excuse sin. And does not excuse clearly defined acceptable behavior by the scripture. And let us not hide under that. Hallelujah. Now, I, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move it. Actually, I'm going to go to verse 9 so that you, you, it's clear. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. You already wrote them before. Not at all. Meaning the people of the world who are immoral. See, I'm not, even talk, I'm not talking about unbelievers. When I say don't associate with sexually immoral people or the greedy or the swindlers, you know, people who just swindle people, idolaters, all right? In, in this case, you will have to leave the world. He said, look, I am not asking you to run away from unbelievers who are committing sin, and we are not supposed to, all right? He said, but I'm now writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy or idolater or slanderer or a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even with eat with such people. Verse 12. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. I mean, so he tried to, you know, so this is what happened. He saw that they were really hiding under not being judgmental to excuse sin. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's important for us to know that there is a balance, all right? Yes, we must not, we must really, really correct each other as believers. We must really learn to pray for one another. Let's start from that. We must learn to be humble in our dealing with each other. We must not be self-righteous, all right? We must not be that. But we must correct one another, all right? We must, we must see it as an obligation that we are in this together. Praise the name of Jesus. We are in this together. Now, I believe that if we do right judgment, which is correcting, enough in the body of Christ, the church will be in a better place. Sometimes we judge the world more than we judge ourselves, right? We judge unbelievers. We judge them, we do this. He said, look, let's forget about them. You know, let's start here. Let's make sure, you know, we do it here. So I'm going to give you three things that I think is very important, uh, two or three. Number one is reserve the harsher judgment. And I mean it in a positive way, not beat yourself down. You know, but reserve the harder judgment to you. Be harder on yourself than you are harder on other people. Don't put a burden on others that you are not willing to put on yourself. Don't expect other people to be better Christian than you, which is what most of us do. We want them to act like a Christian to us. Oh, even when I was angry, you should have been a better Christian. Why did you respond? <laughs> That's what is going on in our mind. Why? You should have been gentle. No, 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 no. We should really take the first. Say, you know what? I, I should act better. So let's put ourselves at a higher standard than we put others. All right? But let us also see that we have an obligation to gently correct people. All right? All right? So the next level will be other Christians. Other Christians now. Right? All right? The people who are not Christians that you know personally, you have no business to even judge them. Have no business. If you know anyone who is, uh, 
you know, smoker or they are doing something, but they don't have Christ in their life. What business to go tell them, oh, you are smoking, God doesn't like smoking. Their problem is not that God doesn't like, their problem is that they don't have Jesus. All right? Once they accept Christ, then they have accepted that value, right? The values of Christ, the teaching of Christ, and that become the basis of correcting one another. But I have a concluding word for people here who maybe you feel judged. And there are people like that. They feel judged all their life. You know, people just judge me. People just, you know, you know, I can't do anything. Somebody pulled me aside in church. They tell me what I'm doing wrong. And you have become rebellious because of that. And I know so many people like that, especially younger people. They know they are rebellious because people pull you aside. I want you to understand that that fight is not yours. And a lot of times, some of the things we consider judging is really people trying to help you. All right? Even if, paraventure, some people have gone too far in treating you or correcting you and it has become judging, it is not your place to fight that battle. You have to leave that battle to God to fight. Who was more judged than Jesus Christ? Unfairly. Who was more judged than Jesus? Unfairly. Did nothing wrong. They said wrong things about him. He was legally judged, crucified, because he was unfairly judged. Right? How did he respond? Because it is important even when you are judged. And, I'm, you know, and the Lord really want me to close with this. Even when you're a judge, don't respond by being rebellious. It's a ticket to self-destruction. It's a ticket to self-destruction. Don't use the excuse of you're judging me to continue on a wrong road. It's never going to help. In fact, it is important to understand that Jesus dealt with being judged in a very, very, very peculiar way. And that is the most liberating, freeing way we can ever do. How? He simply said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. You see, unless you can forgive people who have mistreated you, misjudged you, you know, you will never be free. And you are going to live your whole life carrying around a rebellious spirit that is going to hurt you more than the people who judge you. You're not, you see, they're not being hurt by your actions. You are being hurt. Now, even people who sit in judgment seat and they are judging you, reserve their judgment to God. God is able to deal with that. You have your life to take care of. Don't give that key to somebody else. So I really, really want to just zero in on that. Deal with it exactly the way Jesus did. And the Lord will help you in Jesus' name. Let us bow down and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray today for people under the sound of my voice who just need to make a decision. They've been judged. They've been hurt by other people's actions. I'm praying for grace for them to really release those people. Forgive and to embrace your love. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. But I pray for all of us. You will teach us how to be non-judgmental in our approach to one another. To love one another. To eschew that value of love because love covers multitude of sin. Love builds up. Love encourages. Help us to do that. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.